You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Shalom and welcome to Prophet Pearls, whatever it takes, recorded live in Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the Jewish people in the state of Israel. This is Commissioner Jim Gordon, a.k.a. Nehemia, and I am here with none other than the Cape Crusader himself, Bruce Wayne, also known as Keith Johnson. Take it away, Batman. Oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so wait, who's Jim? Commissioner Jim Gordon. He's like... His name is not Jim. Commissioner Gordon? No one's ever said his name was Jim. Uh, Where did you get that from? From the TV show Gotham. Oh, goodness gracious. I think he is Jim. I don't know. No, I don't think he's not Jim. But you're Batman, and I am not Robin. Yeah, no, 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 no question. Hey, we got good news and bad news. I'm going to give you the good news first. Yeah, what's the good news? Good news is that um, last week we actually had Prophet Pearl Partners. We did. Our I thought you said we're Partners. Roger partners. and Bonnie. Roger and Bonnie. Thank you so much for being partners. I was so caught up in what we were doing last week, uh, and I saw something. So the good news is, and I want to say this, it's always awesome to think about those that have, have, have stood with us and come alongside. They actually did sponsor last week's uh, Profit Pearls. Roger and Bonnie, thank you so, so much. Now the bad news. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have anyone for this week or next week. Okay. So you thought we were <laughs> so, sponsoring last week, and really it's this week. Yeah, there were sponsoring. two gaps, and okay. these two gaps are this Got week it. and next week. So, uh, again, those that are interested, we would love for you to uh, visit us and, and uh, support us in any way you can. But we're going to get right into this. This is a, this is a story that um, I do think is uh, it's interesting the way that they selected it. I want to ask you a question, Nehemiah. The, the, Torah, por- the Torah portion for this uh, story, you know, I always ask you about this. You were you were in the synagogue and you would um, be going through every year. You guys were on a one year cycle or a three year cycle. One year cycle. One year cycle. <laughs> so how many times do you think you heard um, uh, portions? And like how many years were you were you were able to listen and know what was? How many times did you hear uh, the Torah portions actually being uh, oh, read in the synagogue? I, I don't know. How many years? How, I have no idea. No. How many? Okay. Do you remember when you first? Well, I, I first started going when I was a baby, but I don't remember that. <laughs> of course. When do you remember? How old were you when you started to know? I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Were you seven? Uh, could be. Okay. How long? Many years were you there until you left? Um, I think I was still going to the synagogue until I was probably around, um, yeah, thirteen or fourteen. Okay. Awesome. That's a lot of years. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So anyway, you're listening to that. So there's a portion that's connected to this. And what is that yeah. portion? Got a put this into the Batmobile or, or yeah, yeah. Batcave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, we're in the Batcave, aren't yeah, yeah. we? We are in the Batcave, literally. <laughs> we're, not literally. We're deep in the heart of a mountain. Um, or in the side of a mountain, anyway. So, yeah, the, the Torah portion here is Balak, mm-hmm. which is Numbers 22-2 through mm-hmm. uh, 25. No, I'm sorry. That's the wrong one. We're in Chukat, mm-hmm. which is Numbers 19-1 to 22-1. Mm-hmm. So, so, when you hear about that, and yeah. you know, so you're, you're the person that's making the connections. Why the connection? What, what do you got? Okay. So, okay. This is the guy who's listening. No, this is the guy who's, for years, he's listening to these portions. See, for me, this is a new concept. Yeah. Um, the first time that we uh, recorded in 2012, yeah. I, I never remember <clears throat> the year. Um, that was the first time I, I'd read through the Torah. I'd read through, um, I'd read through the Bible several times, actually, in my mm-hmm. life. But um, what I had never done is I'd never gone section by section according to this, this, uh, this schedule. And it was really interesting to do that because when I w- when we did that the first time, of course, it was just the Torah portion. Now we're doing the prophets portion, and I'm I'm not always sure what the connection is or why the connection and what why ver- certain verses are selected. Some are very very clear, and other others aren't. Well, I mean, so here it's pretty clear. It's that Numbers twenty one verse two. You start having the section there twenty one one on um, on uh, on making oaths mm-hmm. on the, or on vows mm-hmm. on what we call in Hebrew a neder mm-hmm. neder is where you swear to God that you're, you're you know you literally make an oath to God that you're going to offer a sacrifice or you're mm-hmm. going to fast or something like that mm-hmm. um, and so uh, yeah well we got so a major problem number, so number twenty one two it says in Israel uh, made an oath to Yehovah um, and he said you know if you oh I'm sorry wait a minute yeah okay. Mm-hmm. If you'll give this people in my hand, then I was talking about a battle that they had against mm-hmm. um, the Canaanites here. Mm-hmm. And so the Israelites made an oath in that context. So you're going to tell me, just to be clear. And so the same thing happened with Jephthah. He made an oath. Uh-huh. He said, God, if you give me the the, you know, uh-huh. the people I'm fighting in my uh-huh. hand, then you know I'll, sa- I'll sacrifice the first thing that comes. The whole system breaks down. Why is that? 
Because if you're saying that it's based on an oath, why is it yeah. that we don't get to read about the actual uh, oath being fulfilled in this story? Why does this section shut off? Because we got to end on a happy. Let, note. No, no, you, you can't have it both ways. Why do they? Why do they? You have s- to have that. Ha- you know, let me let me let me, explain to every, let, me, let me explain to everybody what I'm talking about. So we're gonna we're gonna go through this section and we're gonna get to eleven verse thirty three, and then at eleven verse thirty four uh, is where the actual oath. Uh, the the application of the oath takes place, and those that picked this section said, "You know what? We're not going to talk about it. We're going to cut it off right mm-hmm. there." Which, and you think about this now, we're going to pick this story because it's connected to oaths. Yeah. Jephthah makes an oath, but we're going to cut the story off. You'll just leave that to you as homework. I I, I really think there's there's an issue there, and mm-hmm. actually, if we have time when we get to the end, I want to give you an opinion of why I think um, mm-hmm. this actually is in scripture, and why I think this is it's important that it's in scripture. Okay, because you know they say let's stay away from that. It's almost like and again, we don't. I don't know exactly why, but uh, to pick this story, but then to not actually have the parallel of the oath itself and not seeing it where well, it's clearly the parallel, in they just don't have the fulfillment. Of yeah, the they oath. don't have the fulfillment of it, which is a really, really difficult story to read. Yeah. So let's get started in uh, these, this tradition you come from, where they want to pick and choose uh, uh, sections of scripture and cut them off and take. You know, I'm. I'm. The more we go through this, Nehemiah, I really, I'm wondering about the agenda. I, I'm really having and, and a look, problem here, here would have with been an the agenda. Picking and choosing. Here would have been the alternative, and nobody did this, would have been to say, we're going to take the entire prophets, we're going to break it up into a seven-year cycle, because that's probably what it would take. Like, well, we're, I actually did the statistics early on. What we're reading is 12% of the prophets. Um, so it might even take more than seven years to get the whole thing really done right. Uh, it might be a 10-year cycle. And then over 10 years, we would every week, we would read a small portion, and eventually we'd read the whole thing. And they could have done that. They That's a ridiculous didn't. idea. Why? Because seven years, okay, so you're saying seven years and taking the whole profits. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, okay, so let me ask this question. He, well, to, to, well, go ahead, yeah. No, no, no. I think the issue being, okay, let's find a, a, a passage that connects to the well, portion. That's why I'm bringing it up. Oh. So, so you're saying seven years. Well, you well know, you're the, always going to miss something, and, and you're right. So part of their principle well, this is, a pretty big one to is miss. we have to end on a happy note. Yeah. That's clearly the, you know, the, the, the principle they were employing. You know, you want people walking out of the synagogue saying, oh, yeah, hallelujah, mm. God's good, instead mm. of, oh, boy, we're, we're in trouble. Well, I just know? want to officially say at this point in our process, yeah. we're now probably 38 episodes in. I'm, yeah. I, don't like the, I don't like the picking and choosing. Okay. I don't like the picking You heard it here for the first time. You heard from, it here from Keith from Johnson. From the Cape Crusader. Yeah. Next year, we will be doing the entire prophets. <laughs> no. With that, let's continue. Now, Jephthah the Gileadite was a valiant warrior, but he... But. Here's that Here's that word, but. Well, in Hebrew, it doesn't say but. It's no, no. and. Yeah, and, okay. Which can mean but. It can be but. It can mean. It can mean. It was a, and he was the son of a harlot. Now, we just did a section not only last week. When we're talking about uh, Rahab, and and here now we're again talking about uh, this issue. Well, we're not really talking about it. Uh, they kind of get past it pretty quick. Um, well, no, it's an as, important point. Uh, it's a very important point. But I'm saying how it how it applies. Yeah. Um, they get right to that, and he says, <clears throat> and he was the son of a harlot, and Gilead was the father of Jephthah. Now, weren't you supposed to be able to stop and say they've given us the name? Uh, they don't give us the name of his mother. They give her. They give us her profession. Um, and but then they give us the name of his father, mm-hmm. and you know it's interesting, Nehemiah. When you read through um, uh, the Torah, there are many, uh, many in the Tanakh. There are many times where you get the the mother, like you go to a king, and the king will say, uh, they'll say, and this was King so and so, and his mother's name was, and this was named same so, and you're supposed to like be able to know, you know, this is the father, father, you know, whatever. But the mother's name. But anyways, in this situation, the mother's not there, and and she um, bore him sons. And when his wife's sons grew up, now, 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 so here's what, okay, maybe we, maybe this isn't as, uh, it's pretty clear. So Gilead has a prostitute who has a son and Gilead has a wife who also has sons. Right. And when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, you shall not have an inheritance in our father's house for you are the son. And it doesn't at this point say you're the son of a prostitute. It just says for you, the son of another woman. Yeah, is that a nice way of dealing with it? I mean, it's not. It's not consistent with the Torah. They don't have the right to do that. You know, there, there's certainly this right of inheritance in the Torah, and you can't deny someone a right of inheritance just because you because they're from a different mother. You know? Okay. And whether she'd been a prostitute or not, they could have had you know um, a situation where 
You know, in other words, let's say he married their mother and had children, and the mother died, for example, and then he married a second woman, so they were going to still deny him the inheritance. Like, mm. and they're making this excuse that she's a prostitute, but that's not a Torah um, con- argument. That's she's that. the wife of another. By the way, there's some question as to whether his father's name is actually a man named Gilad. Oh, because Gilad is the region in which he's from. Okay, and so it's also possible. That Gilad, is, you know, he is the son of Gilad, not literally of a man named Gilad, but of the district or the region, which is in today in the in Transjordan. It's the uh, Hashemite occupied east bank of the Jordan River, the kingdom of Jordan. <laughs> it's funny when you do there when you when you lay out your uh, your little statements. The Hashemite occupied east bank. Right. So the Jordan River has two banks: a west bank and the east bank. Mm-hmm. And the East Bank is occupied by this tribe called the Hashemites, who came from Arabia about a hundred years ago, and took over the stole the country basically from the Jews. Impressive, yeah. So, um, so he fled. From, now, this is the point. It says they said it says in the first part they drove him out. Yeah, and then the second part he says he fled. Which one was it, or was it mm-hmm. both? I mean, presumably it was both. If someone's coming at you with pitchforks, you run. Okay, so when they say drove him out, it's like, okay, hey, get out of the neighborhood. It's a little bit more than just saying get out of the neighborhood. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, it's Ligaresh. It's they drove him out. They're on his tail. Yeah. yeah. And so he's like, look, you're not going to take me out here. I'm out of here. So he leaves. And I love this. I actually have a little story I want to tell about this later. But he says, and he lived in the land of Tov. You got to talk about that. Yeah. Share your story. No, no, no. The story's not at this point yet. Okay. And then it says, and that's I wanted to find out about this, you know, and then it says, um, worthless fellows in NASB. Mm, worthless. Some guys. I, I accept that translation. Do you literally, really? It literally is uh, Rekim, empty. They're empty. Right. Yeah. Empty people. Um, and, and really what we have here is a situation where. He's an outlaw. He's literally in, in what we would say is that he's outside the law. Mm-hmm. He's been driven out of society. He's living on the fringes of society, uh, you know, uh, basically uh, defending himself. And, uh, you know, he, he's living off the land, so to speak, and, um, you know, left to his own devices. And um, and he ends up and it's actually very interesting parallel to what happened with King David. Mm. So David is this refugee hiding out from Saul. Before he's king, I mean, maybe technically he's king, but he's not in practice king. Um, he's hiding out from Saul in uh, in the land of the Gittites and in, in the land of the Philistines. And we hear about how he uh, attracts this band of merry men, so to speak. Uh-huh. Meaning, and actually, that, and I say that on purpose because Robin Hood was a similar situation. Robin Hood is the story about the man who lives out in the forest. And all the outlaws come and, and, and are attracted. They're like, well, we got to go somewhere. And, and, you know, here's a guy who we can, we can join up with. And so they develop these fighting skills, and that's important for the story, because you know if, if he was living his cushy li- life al- uh, along with the brothers, he wouldn't have had, have had developed the skills that later they need mm-hmm. these these skills of um, self reliance and, and survival um, that then become crucial for him fighting the the enemy. Okay, well you, you go ahead and jump ahead there. So you're telling me that there's basically a connection with the fact that he's in a difficult. Oh, situation absolutely. and what's the whole and, point and let's get to that point and, and really it's one of those situations where like oh now all of a sudden you need a man like me yeah. <laughs> now i'm uh, can you say something about the land of tov uh, no i'm not going to say anything about that yet i want i have a little shift so we've been going through this oh. thing you know we, we do this thing and then you tell me read this and read that and read this and, that, and then you open up and say i'm batman look you can't keep telling me read 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 if you want a verse read you really want it read i want you to read the verse and why do i want you to read the verse because there's yeah, a really why? cool thing that happens and i, I want people to experience this um, Nehemiah, you're not looking at the English version in many cases. You're looking at the Hebrew, and then you're translating. And so what you do is you'll say, oh, read the verse, read the verse. And say, what, what is that? What is that? And then sometimes I play by the game, and I do it. But yeah. look, I'm, now that you've called me Batman, I'm not going for it anymore. Plus, after yesterday, when we were out on the street, I was so inspired, so moved by what happened. I'm, I'm going to be out of control here these next weeks. You've always been No, I'm, no I'm going to be out of control. And actually, this story is, is part of it. But but when, when we get to a situation where you where you really want a verse read, I just want you to read it because it's a really cool exercise. Yeah. I want people to know, again, why this is important. Because we speak the English language. When I say we, the, 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 the high you, percentage... Anyone listening to this in English? No, no, no. no. <laughs> the high percentage of people that are listening that are, that are English speakers, yeah. that's, you know, that's how they understand. So if you sit and you start rattling off Hebrew, they'll be like, okay, quickly, what does that mean? Right, I'll read and, it. and my point is, it's yeah. a really cool thing, though. Because mm. what you are needing to do is you're taking what you're reading... 
in Hebrew, and you're saying, so how would what would be the best way to tr- ways to translate this? Yeah. You're actually you you become a liar. I'm a liar. You're a liar. That's L-Y-R-E. what translate. No, that's what translators are. They're liars. Oh. Don't you know? No, Come I, on, I, no the expression <laughs> is the translator's a traitor. Not Tra- a liar. They're a traitor. <laughs> and that's because uh, they say a translator he betrays the language that he's that he's, he's a betrayer. He he betrays the language. Yeah, and that's because you can either translate literally. And you know, then you're translating literally, but you lose the flavor, or you translate according to the flavor of the of the, of the words, and you lose the literal meaning. So, the but trans- you know what's cool translator is a traitor. What's cool to me? The be- you know, I love being a traitor. Yeah. Uh, as it pertains to this, because then you have a, I have a choice. You actually have a choice. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at it, you have a choice. And many people that don't ever get a chance to have access to their information that way, yeah. they don't ever have the choice. So, I think it's a really cool thing. Well, the beauty of so the- I sometimes yeah. just I read it and I'll say no, yeah. okay. and then you'll have to just you have to just translate for it. He says, "Laura said, Laura said, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want, okay, I don't <laughs> no, want." Here we go, though. Let's. All right. So we're. And it came to pass from days or, or sometime later, years later, perhaps. Um, the children of Ammon fought with Israel. And it came to pass when the, children, when the sons of Ammon fought with Israel. And, and the elders of Gilad uh, came, and there it definitely sounds like it's the land of Gilad, mm. came to take Jephthah from the land of good, from the mm. land of Tov. Mm. And they said to Yiftach, uh, go and be for us a katzin. Uh, and we will uh, fight with the children of Ammon. And that word katsin is really interesting because, um, uh, do you have anything to say on katsin? Well, no, actually I have something else to say. So here's oh, okay. a really cool thing that we yeah. do. So you do an entire translate. You actually you actually read the entire passage in Hebrew. And we then go to mm. bfainternational.com, nehemiaswall.com. We got we to gotta say that one first because you're the person that's actually doing this actual passage in Hebrew so that they could actually hear it. Line by line in Hebrew. What I was actually asking you to do oh. was that I wasn't saying to you not to have to do that twice because Look, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it my way. Oh. <laughs> or continue. you can do it. continue. Okay. So I want to talk about katsin. It's an interesting word in modern Hebrew. Katsin means an officer in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, in biblical Hebrew, here it's not entirely clear what it means, um, and it, it. I mean, it definitely is some kind of military leader as well. But it's not necessarily that, or not, it is not that formal role that it has. In other words, you have enlisted men and you have uh, katsinim, mm-hmm. officers in the modern Israeli army. Mm-hmm. The word katsin, interestingly, it probably means literally, it, the word it comes from the literal word meaning judge. Um, mm. And so, for example, the Arabic word, you know, Arabic is a, mm-hmm. a, a sister language of Hebrew, mm-hmm. um, has the word uh, kadi, which is um, just simply the Arabic pronunci- pronunciation of katsin. And there it just means a judge, like you go to a regular judge, and that's called a qadi. Um, and so that's interesting. Here we have this military leadership word, katsin, hmm. which somewhere in its background has the connotation of judge. Uh, at least in other Semitic languages, it means judge. And then we have these shoftim, the entire book of judges. But other than Deborah, Devorah, they're not actually judging, they're fighting. Mm-hmm. And so in Hebrew, there is these two different concepts to sit in judgment of a, of a trial and to be a military leader. And they have this connection in the in the ancient Semitic culture. And Deborah's that, also fighting. No, she's sitting under the tree. Listen judge. to the uh, you she's guys listen to under the, the tree judge. Listen to the prophet pro section on Deborah. I, I, I okay. argue that she's a she's a she's a bad warrior. All right, you and your feminist agenda. Let's go on. Um, verse seven. Uh, and Jephthah said to the elders of Gilad. Uh, did you not hate me? Did you not drive me out from the house of my father? And why do you come to me now uh, when kasher uh, when there is trouble for you or there's an enemy to you? Um, and now I'm going to answer that. Yeah. So why do they why do they come to him? Why do they come to him now? And 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 as before we get to the verse, um, he he said they say that you may go with us and fight with us. Yeah. Okay. But let's let's talk about really why they came to him. Um, yeah. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't equipped. You talked about this him being equipped, right. and actually, I, I think about something as it pertains to his background. I was actually over in uh, Namibia, and one of the ministry opportunities I had was to go and speak at a ministry of prostitutes. Seriously? No, I'll tell you something. And so I'm on. I'm on my way over there, and I'm. And I'm. And, and this is one of the things I did some work with street children. I did. I went with pastors. I went from the high to the low. You know, politicians, ambassadors to the people on the street. But one of the most amazing things I've ever done was to be invited to go speak to um, women who had either were in the process of coming out or had come out 
of uh, the job of uh, of being prostitutes. And we were on our way to this place and the, the lady that was having us come stopped at a bridge. And she said, from this bridge forward is the red is the red zone. And, and in this area, this is where the truckers come and all this stuff. And and then I was there preparing and I was preparing. I use this story, Nehemiah, because mm-hmm. as these women were coming in, they would come in and, and then also they would come in. Some of them had children with them. And there was this little boy. He couldn't have been more than two. And I looked at him and I and I called him Jephthah. And I said, you know, mm-hmm. this little guy right now whose mother basically was out on the street as a prostitute and the grandmother was bringing the little boy there. As I was going through the story, I was saying it isn't often, especially in my background, where we talk about prostitutes, you get past that real quick. Prostitution, you get past it real quick because it's an uncomfortable um, a topic. But in scripture, we see it over and over again. And in this story, we see it. And I would argue that as a result of him coming from such a difficult position, difficult background, it actually, that difficulty helped craft him for deliverance. And that there are some times where we have people like that little kid who's going to grow up and he's going to be in difficult situations. Mm-hmm. But I spoke to them mm-hmm. and I used them and I picked them up and I said, you know what? This is a Jephthah right here. And and when I read this story. I think about him and I say, wow, look at his background before. You know, they say, you know, we need you to come and fight with us. <clears throat> really? We know that you came from a bad background. We know that your mother was a prostitute. We even beat you. We, we even we even drove you out. And so you've been out on the street. You've been in the difficult situations. Now we're in trouble. And we need somebody who understands trouble and who's been able to um, overcome in the midst of trouble to be the one to lead us. And I just think that's really interesting because that's exactly what you said is that his background is bringing coming to the forefront uh, to be a part of deliverance. And I want to say something. There are people that are listening who've got really difficult backgrounds. There are people listening right now that could be called Jephthah. They they come from difficult circumstances um, that some people would say, well, we don't even want you around us, you know, whether it's family relations, uh, you know, circumstances, bad, bad things. We got people who've been in prison. We've got people who've been in, you know, homeless situations. And, and those are the kinds of people sometimes when it's time to get into the battle, <laughs> you need some people who've had their gotten down and dirty in the dust that can uh, that can that can rise up and do what we need them to do. So for the Jephthahs out there, I want to let you know God is a God of the past, present and future. He was, he is and he shall be. And certainly in this story, uh, uh, Jephthah ends up being a part of the reason that they could fight. And, and so, so to apply this to today, and I hope I'm not stepping out on a limb here, uh, or maybe I am. Um, uh, basically, what you're saying is somebody who's lived an easy middle class life uh, without any kind of you know trouble and situations. When they get plunged into spiritual warfare, they might not be ready for it. Mm. But somebody who comes from a difficult situation, mm. they may have developed some of those skills of how mm-hmm. to deal with you know mm-hmm. temptations and challenges and, and struggles, and, and survival, and struggles, survival, survival, right? Yeah, yeah. But also both in a physical sense and a spiritual sense. Mm-hmm. Right? And I want to say something, you know, yeah. not, not to not to be argumentative, but you yeah. know, there's a middle class folks out there that have that have. Is difficult situations since anybody. And in other words, it's not just financial, it's not just comfort. Right. It can be it can be because of abuse. It can be because oh, of absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's so many things and people are listening. I said an easy mail class. No, 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 I know. Don't, You're right. You're yeah, right no, I'm with it. you. I'm with you. <laughs> um but the, the, there's so many different ways where we have to have that Jephthah background. And yeah. in that Jephthah background, it ends up being something being used. And I think that also is yeah. a story about Yehovah's goodness in terms of how he yeah. uses our past, present, and to be a yeah. to, to deal with this anyway, and, I, and I'm reminded reading the story about Jephthah, and you know, just to tie it into a, kind of a modern situation. Mm. There's this movie that I absolutely love with um, with Jack Nicholson, where he is on trial, and it's called A Few Good Men, <laughs> and they have this story about how you know he they're like, look, you know, you're 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 this hard, rough guy, and you know, and you know, give us the truth, and he you know, the famous speech, you can't handle the truth. Um, but what he's basically saying is, look, you need men like me to be on the wall. You know, we live in a, wo- a world with walls and you need someone to, you know, to defend. You're quoting him. That's I'm, impressive. I'm going to quote him. And he, he's this rough guy. And, and I want to have, I want to quote him exactly here. I got it up here on the website. Oh, boy. He says, he says, you know, look, uh, here it is. He says, we live in a world that has walls and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's going to do it? You? Um and then he goes on, he says, uh, you have the luxury of not knowing what I know that uh, blah, 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 blah. He says, uh, my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. And that, to me, is the picture of Jephthah. <laughs> He's living out in the, in the countryside like a bandit with a bunch of other bandits. And all of a sudden, stuff goes wrong, and then they need Jephthah. I'm going to tell you something to him. Yeah. I went over to uh, the old city of Jerusalem. I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. So you can't bring up that story of this guy and not, not give the real quote. 
you, you can't bring up that story what, and not bring the real quote because here's the real quote. quote. He's going to love me for this. Yeah. So he he says at one point he says. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. And Nehemia, you don't get that. You're supposed to stop and say it's time for the ministry. Oh, ministry, ministry. No, I'm on the wall. We, you're supposed to say to the people, look, you won't do it. You, you, you want me on that wall. You need me. And Nehemia, we need you on the wall. Come on, talk about it. We said that on NehemiasWall.com, my ministry, McCorkin Foundation. Can you Foundation. say that? You, you, you want yeah. It? Well, no, I mean, so there's a lot. There's something to that, you know. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. If, you know. Look, I'm, I've been on that wall and I've been slugging it out in the, you know, with the, um, you know, with the Hebrew texts and, um, and you're the controversial. sources and, and I don't want to be controversial. You are but, controversial. But you know what? When you're on that wall and you're under spiritual attack and, and look, you know, I've been in some things in my life spiritually that have prepared me for this. I, you know, not kind of like what he's talking about, but um, in the spiritual side of it. Yeah. And so, you know what? You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. No, he's not quoting it good. I'm going to say it for him. Can I be your voice? Like your guy you hired to be your voice. Nehemiah Gordon from the Torah Scream of... How do you call it again? Raw Stream of Torah Consciousness. I want to do one that says Nehemiah Gordon on the wall. We want you on that wall, Nehemiah. We need you on that wall. Amen. That's it. That's the line. No, but really, you know, and the truth is, it's really easy to sit in your, you know, in your situation there, like the brothers, and say, okay, you know, we had this uncomfortable situation our father went to a prostitute and, and father to son we want to get rid of that because that's 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 a challenge we don't want to deal with even though it's against the torah mm-hmm. it's much easier to say we're righteous and we live by torah but we don't have to deal with the struggles and, and the challenges and then and then meanwhile yiftach jefta he develops those skills and and yeah you know my the image i've always had or i've had is you know nehemiah's wall and it's you know they're they're building the wall on one hand they've got the weapon the other hand they've got mm-hmm. the building tool and he's standing there with the trumpeters and you know what He's the guy who's going to get a lot of the flack. He's the guy who's going to be the target. When the enemy comes with their arrows, they're 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 going to first target mm-hmm. the um you know the the man standing on that wall with the trumpeters. That's the one you want to go for first because he's warning the other people. And I've gotten a lot of arrows in my time. You yeah. know, been, you been you know yeah. Wow. So come stand with me on the wall. You may be a target, um, but in the end. You know, we're going to fight that spiritual war and we're going to, you know, empower people with information. You know, it's interesting. I was looking at this, Nehemia, and I was, as we were reading this story, I was telling you about I had been in in, uh, Namibia. And I was really inspired when I was there. BFAinternational.com, inspiring people around the world to build a biblical foundation foundation for their faith. And that's not going to happen by me, you know, always sitting behind a computer. Um, Sometimes you got to get out there and get with people and wherever that might be. And I actually was in Namibia and something happened that I really want to share with folks. And it's partly that is inspired me for what I'm doing right now is that uh, I ended up meeting with uh, a a group of pastors and they, they said, you know, um, here you are from the United States via China. And, and we often have people come into Namibia and they come and speak, but you keep doing things that we've never seen anyone else do. Like the guy said, we, when when a pastor comes from the United States and he speaks at stadiums and does these kinds of things, uh, he doesn't go and meet with the homeless. He doesn't go to the prostitutes ministry. He doesn't go and, you know, do these kinds of things. And they said, we we want to know why. We want to know what it is about your ministry that, that, that really sort of has crafted you that way. And a lot of things that came out of that, those meetings is these men, they really wanted to know what's behind what they read in English. It really mm-hmm. is really phenomenal. They want to know, so how do we get a chance to uh, in, um, interact with the original language of Scripture? And they're one of the reasons that uh, we started this um, this uh, this b- beginner biblical Hebrew course, which is now available on the front of the website, bfainternational.com. If you're a part of the premium content library, you can actually go and go through this audio course. Hopefully, after we get through with the beginners, we'll get to the, the intermediate, and who knows, maybe we'll get to the advanced, and Nehemiah will have to help us. <laughs> but in the meantime, we really want to give people access to that information. And so go to BFAinternational.com. You're going to hear about what happened in Namibia. You're going to hear about so many things that we're working on. But one real solid thing is that, um, you know, they said to me, you know, you're, you're a little radical. You're a little different. And really, for me, it's all based on getting a chance to encounter the God of creation. And so that's what I really am about. Thank you so much for Nehemia uh, for uh, uh, letting me say that, that that quote. I don't know if I'll ever stop saying, we want you on that wall. We need you on that wall. You Keep, can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> so All it right. says they went and got him. And they said, look, if you, if you he says this, this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. He says in verse 9, if you take me back to fight against the sons of Ammon and Yehovah gives them up to me, will I become your head? What? That's what it says in English. Really? Yes. It says, I will be to you. Ahead, I will mm-hmm. become your head. Mm-hmm. 
You're, it has a, has a question there? He's asking. He says, now look when this happens. Oh, no, no. So in the Hebrew, it's a statement. It's not a question. Amen. <laughs> I will become to you or I'll be for you. In other words, this is the deal. <laughs> or this is it. You want to you know, take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then again, we get this wonderful statement, uh, Nehemiah, in, uh, in 10, and you can stop if you'd like. Mm-hmm. But it says, um, it says in here what it says, and I think it's a different word. You can, you can uh, verse, uh, verse 10. no, hold on, just a second. Yeah, wait, verse 10. And the elders of Gilad said to yeah, Yitzchak, Yehovah yeah, yeah, yes. will be the one who hears between us. If we don't do according to your words. Mm-hmm. And this is very interesting. It, it's a little unusual when we mm-hmm. read this in Hebrew because he said, he should have said, Yehovah Yishma Benotenu. Mm-hmm. Yehovah will hear between us, or Yehovah Shomea Benotenu. Yehovah hears between us. Said he said, Yehovah Yihyeh Shomea Benotenu. Mm-hmm. Yehovah will be the one who hears between us. And that Yihyeh, he will be, is in, in Hebrew is kind of extraneous because mm-hmm. normally you would say Yishma, he will hear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting. There's got to be a play on words here with Hayahove, Yihyeh. No, There's no amazing. question in my mind. Uh, that's amazing that you would bring that up because it's so <clears throat> funny. Uh, in English, in the NASB, what it says is, in Yehovah is witness, like as if we're talking witness. about witness. That's what it says. Like We, don't we know had that word last week, Ed. And there's nowhere nowhere in the Hebrew, but what? I think it's so much cooler. It's so much yeah. more amazing what you just brought up because yeah. then you see Yehovah, Yehyeh, and then you have him hearing. It's like, wow. Right. I mean, well, and, and, and again, so just for those who don't know, the name Yehovah is a, is a combination of three forms of the Hebrew verb, Hayahoveh, yeah. He was, he is, he will be. He, he was, he is, he, the one, he, you know, he is the one to, that is to come. And here we have Yehyeh, he will be, he is mm, to come. That is so and, cool. And, there's, and clearly this is, like, like it's a very unusual in Hebrew. Yeah. This jumps off the page and you've got to say, why did he add that word in here? And it's clearly a, um, a wordplay oh on his gosh. name. I mean, I've got to stop again. I mean, wouldn't you, folks, I just want to ask this Yehovah question. Yehyeh. I just want to ask this question. Why did he pick that language? Whyever he picked it, he's given it to us. Isn't it just a great opportunity to look and see that jump off the page? Mm. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. People can learn to do that. Right. And, and even more so when they would hear this. You know, they were oh, always reading it. Yeah. When you hear it, it com- immediately jumps off Yehovah. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's the meaning of Yehovah. <laughs> of course, unless you're hearing it from someone that won't say Yehovah and says, you know, Hashem Yehovah. Adonai Yehovah. Yahweh or the Lord Yehovah or who knows? I mean, wow. Cool, 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 cool. So um, we're, we're, we're to 11. Can we do that? Sure. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and chief over them. And Jephthah spoke all his words before Yehovah at Mizpah. We just saw that word again, Mizpah. And not, wasn't that just a little while ago we were talking about? Oh, we were talking about Samuel, who said uh, he was gathering the people. Did he say Mizpah? I don't think it was in the passage. It was in the passage. Yeah, other yeah, yeah. passages where Mitzpah wasn't important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but this is the place. Where, yeah, that's yeah. where he spoke. Uh, he spoke to them, and look at this. Here's a guy who's driven away from his family. His mother's a prostitute. He's got empty, worthless men around him. He's out in the difficulty of life. And the next thing you know, he's before Congress. He's in front. He's, he's in front of the. He's in front of the leaders of Israel, and he and he's speaking to them. And you know, he gets the proper invitation through the proper channel. It doesn't matter. He's there. He's, he's talking. There. You know, he's the one they need. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then what does he do right away? He gets to work. Yep. I just think this is really cool. I mean, right away. I mean, we don't know how long. But it says, he sent messengers to the king of the sons of Ammon saying, what is between you and me that you've come to me to fight against my land? <laughs> I love that he sent these uh, messengers. In Hebrew, it's malachim. Mm-hmm. That's the same word that we translate as angels. Mm-hmm. And really, when you read the word in Hebrew, malach, there's no way to know. Like, if you didn't have a context, there'd be no way to know if that was an angel or if it was, was um, a messenger, like a human flesh and blood messenger. It's only from the context that we can say, oh, that messenger isn't a human and this messenger is you know what and by the way the I, word I in Greek angel is angelos you know which what is, I made which a just mis- means messenger I made a mistake Nefemi. I'm sure you did I did I really did I apologize I want to go back and ask you to do me a favor what's that um, when we came across and I got so excited about Yehovah Yehyeh mm. can you actually tell us how many times Yehyeh in that form mm-hmm. is actually used because we talk about this in, in wow I mean who knows you know, this is where I love Bible study I love to be able to do this and get it and then go through all those times I used to get frustrated at you Early in our process, we were going through this. You don't uh, anymore. It, well, not as much anymore. <laughs> uh, I, we would get real. I'd get really frustrated because we'd go through this intense uh, uh, language process, and then we'd come across something like this, and and it would be how many times does it show up? 
And then we'd find out how many times it show up and I'd say, okay, that's the end of the deal. And you say, now we need to go to each time that it shows up. And when we would do that, there would always be some like amazing revelations. There are, the, oh, well, that's interesting in that exact form. So yeah. we've got two forms of the future. One yep. is Yihyeh and the other is Yihyeh. Yihyeh yeah. Yihye is the Atid Mekutzar, the shortened. So mm-hmm. we've got to do this a little bit different. So while you're doing that, while you're yeah. looking for that, and this is important, I want to uh-huh. see how many times it shows up just like that. Okay. Um, you know, so he, he he's there and he's and and he he, went, he goes with the elders of Gilead and the people made him head and chief. Oh, and all the way, I wanted to know if if, if when you did find it, if it yeah. could be the word of the week. I don't know if you'd be willing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, come on, it's, it's. I think we should go and look at every single passage it appears. Okay, <laughs> all uh, four hundred and thirty of them. Can we do 430 that? Four hundred thirty. Well, four hundred thirty times. Some of them is more than once. <laughs> so, for example, the first time it appears is Genesis one twenty nine. Where it says lachem yehat leochla, it's talking about the, the the plants, the trees, and the, you know the fruits. It'll said it shall be for you for food, and mm-hmm. then we have the word yihia there. But it's four hundred and thirty times, um, yeah. So you want that to be the word of the week. Mm-hmm. So um, the word is uh, yud hey yud hey, and yihia, and the root is hey yud hey, mm-hmm. and it means he will be. Nice. Um, that's Pretty easy. <laughs> well, no, not just. But it's the same as the root really uh, as Yehovah, and and that's because the word Yehiyeh in the future is He will be, but in the present it's Hove, mm-hmm. and in the past tense it's Haya. So in the in that middle form in the in the in the present form, it, it that Yud changes into a Vav, which is extremely common. Yeah, but in the, but in, in Strong's Concordance, it's number five six two one. It says is it really Hove is uh, destruction. So how can that be? Oh, which that, one is it? Is it? Is it so the, that's a different root. <laughs> That's hey yud hey versus hey vav hey. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> hey folks, you can learn this information. Let's continue. Um, uh-huh. uh, now Jephthah sent messengers to the king. Now, uh, uh, he says, "What is between you and me that you have come to fight against me?" So the, the, now the messengers go. Yeah. And the messengers, do you think they said it just like this? What's that? That's what it says. What is between you and me? In other words, Jephthah says. Yeah. Jephthah oh, yeah they're, they're quoting him verbatim. Wow. And that's because in, in biblical Hebrew. You don't have what we call in English an uh, indirect speech. Mm-hmm. In other words, um, without getting too technical, in English I can say, um, I don't know. Uh, Keith said to me he, that he is hungry. Mm-hmm. So when I say he, I'm referring to Keith. Or mm-hmm. I could say Keith said to me, comma quotation mark, I am hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, when I when I say Keith said I am hungry, that's direct speech. I'm quoting your words exactly verbatim. Mm-hmm. In indirect speech, I'm changing the pronouns. To refer back to you. It's mm-hmm. called indirect speech. He biblically doesn't have indirect speech. Okay. So if somebody says, thus saith Jephthah, he's got to say, you know, I am the king and you must listen to me or whatever yeah, yeah, he yeah, says. Yeah. And that's really important when we hear thus saith Yehovah, they're quoting his words. Like, you know, it's not yeah. Yehovah says he is very angry. You know, um, it's Yehovah says I am very angry. Okay. Well, can, now can we get to the yeah. nitty gritty of this? Sure. Where is modern day Ammon? <clears throat> It's in the occupied East Bank. Where is um, give give me the modern day Ammon? Give me the name of the modern day Ammon. Oh, so the capital is the capital in biblical times was called Rabat Ammon, mm-hmm. Rabat of Ammon, and Ammon was the name of the nation of the Ammonites. And today it's just called Amman mm-hmm. is the capital of the kingdom of Jordan. Okay, but in Hebrew that's Rabat Ammon. Rabat Ammon. So Ammon is actually the people in Hebrew. Amman is the the name of the city in Arabic. Can we get to the nitty gritty on this? Sure. I think we talk about prophet pearls. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yeah. Okay? The king of the sons of Ammon said to the messengers what, of Jephthah. What verse are you in? 13. What are you talking okay. about? This is it. it. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Said to the messengers of Jephthah, because Israel took away my land. When they came <laughs> up from changed. Egypt. No, let me. No, come on. Now help me with this. From the Ammon as far as the Jabbok and the Jordan, therefore return my land to me now. Let me continue and then we're going to go backwards. I'll put you on the spot. Sure. But Jephthah sent messengers again to the king of the sons of Ammon. He says, listen, thus says Jephthah, Israel did not take away the land of Moab, nor the land of the sons of Ammon. For when they came up from Egypt and Israel went through the wilderness to the Red Sea and came to Kadesh, then Israel just sent messengers to the king of Edom saying, please let us pass through your, I'm thinking he's going to say something else. this, This is a curveball. I'm thinking he's going to say, I'm thinking he's going to just give the general statement. Look, God gave us the land and, uh, you know, know, instead he does this. Uh, This is a homework issue. So what's Jephthah talking about here? And where do we see this? And and how do we see this happening? But he says, please let us pass through your land. But the king of Edom would not listen. And they also sent to the king of Moab. He's bringing in all these different 
kings and, and areas and geographical areas. And I bet you're sitting over there like, well, yeah, it's obvious, you know. I mean, you well, so, so let me summarize. Can I summarize what, what, what he's You want to, to summarize say? it? Yes. Because it is. It's international um, it's the uh, international diplomacy, diplomacy. And, and conflict. It's, it's somewhat of a complex situation. Okay. So let's back up. Yes. We've got two nations, Ammon and Moab. Yes. Or Am, the Ammonites and the Moabites. Mm-hmm. They're both uh, sons of, um, of Lot. Mm-hmm. Um, this is hundreds of years later, but they remember that they're related. They know they're related. They know they're, they're kinsmen. They speak a very similar language. Both their languages, by the way, are very similar to Hebrew, but they're more similar to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Ammonites and the Moabites are both in Transjordan. Um, uh, so they, and they actually worship different gods, which is significant. The god of the Ammonite is called Milcom, mm-hmm. and the god of the Moabites is called Kamosh. Mm-hmm. That's important for our story. If you didn't know the background, you'd say, well, why are you telling us this? But it's important for the story. So the Ammonites come along and they say, wait a minute, there's, there's occupied territory. Come on, We've right. got to liberate the occupied territory of our brothers. Now, they don't mention their brothers. They just mention themselves. And they say, look, this is our land. You know, you stole it from, you know, it's, it's our land. You've taken it. And the Israelites say, whoa, whoa, we didn't take this from you. When we came, this belonged to the Canaanites. Now, maybe the Canaanites took it from the Moabites, but we took it from the Canaanites. And that's legitimate for us. Um, and because God gave it, he said, look, and he says, you know, we'll read this. If God gave you, if, if Kamosh gave you something, wouldn't that be yours? And Jehovah gave this to us. <laughs> and, and, and it's interesting. He says Kamosh because the Ammonites don't actually worship Kamosh. They worship Milcom. Mm-hmm. But, but the point is that this was taken from the Moabites who do worship Kamosh. It's somewhat of a complex uh, international uh, intrigue, and you know this out. This this is at the level of what we're hearing right now. Right. Which oh, or, and and this is why you know you speak to Israelis, and and you know Europeans will come and say you're, you're a foreign colony. You you know you came from Europe and you stole this land from the Palestinians. And we're like, well, what are you talking about? Well, let me this, tell you what happened. We found scrolls no, here from tw- you know no, thousands no, of years ago, better. written in our language, not in Arabic. Yeah. This is our country. So I went to your brother-in-law. This yeah. is hilarious, folks. Oh, yeah. I go to Nehemiah's brother-in-law. I got to tell you something. We, we, uh, we've got I, one of the real beauties of being here in Israel, and you've been really gracious about this, is to be able to actually talk to Israelis beyond Nehemiah Gordon. I mean, I, I love being able to talk to people. There's so many different perspectives. But this was really hilarious. So I met with your brother-in-law who lives in Modi'in. Mm-hmm. And uh, Modi'in is uh, how far Nehemiah? You about David? He doesn't yeah. live in Modi'in. He lives not, in Jerusalem. Because I'm not talking about Oh, you're David. talking about Raphael. I'm talking about Raphael. Oh, did you speak to Raphael? No, I spoke to Raphael. So listen, no, what are you talking about? He's I wasn't there. there. No, you were there. <laughs> you don't remember this. So listen, okay. so, so I'm talking to him. And, and it happened to be at one of those intense times yeah. where there's discussion about what's going on with, with Israel. And I say to your brother-in-law, I say, so as it pertains to, you know, such and such the West Bank. And he said to me, What? I said, let me back up. So anyways, as a such and such as the West Bank, he said, what are you saying to me? I said, the West Bank. He says, what's that? And he was he was not being facetious. His point was, he was like, you know, when you bring that up, when you use the word West Bank, uh-huh. you're talking about something that's been created. And, and he, what he was trying to do, and I really appreciated this, what he was trying to do is he says, let's go beyond that. Let's talk about the real history. And he went back and started talking about this happened, this happened, this happened. So I'm reading this well, story. And just to be clear for people, yeah. what, what they call in, in America uh, the West Bank. That, that is this artificial term to delegitimize the Jewish claim to to that area. Jews refer to that as Yehudav Shomron, Judea and Samaria. Judea and Samaria. The southern part is Judea, the northern part is Samaria. And those are the historical names of those places. Now, I think we can legitimately talk about the West Bank, but that West Bank, what is a bank? It's the bank of a river. Everything west of the Jordan is the West Bank, and everything east is the East Bank. The West Bank it has been liberated, uh, and the East Bank is still occupied territory, <laughs> occupied by the Hashemites. We could talk about this, folks. We really, and I don't know how we're going to get out of this, because we're sitting here in Jerusalem right now. We've got things going on around us you know we've got we've got we've got you know the nations coming in and saying uh return to the borders of 60 set we got all sorts of things going i mean isn't on. it amazing is how it, modern history parallels ancient I'm, history? that's why i'm saying i'm reading this i'm saying proper there, pearls you know, we, we've, we've, we've got we've got the syrians coming to us and the jordanians saying you know this is our land mm. well, wait a minute you've never been here what are you talking about yes uh you know and really the backstories are saying oh no this you know we, well, you took it from our brothers. Well, we didn't take it from your brothers. Jehovah gave this to mm-hmm. us. And we were, you know, driven out of our land by the Romans. And now we've come back and we've, we've you know, restored our, our, our land. And, you know, it's amazing how, um, you know, 
uh, how this continues and nothing. When is, you read the story, did you not think about that? I mean, it's like oh, it just it just. There, there's no way any Jew can read this story and not think of what's going on today, exactly. and, and realize we are living biblical prophecy. We're, we're living, you know. Really, there's no difference between the kind of conversations we'll have today with the international community and what's going on and what we read in the time of of, uh, of Jephthah and, and the King of Ammon. And that's why what I really do want people to do is I would love for people to do this. We can't do it during this time that we're here because we're trying to do this ridiculously crazy. And I'm glad I can put it on you. It was your idea. You know, it's a ridiculously crazy thing where you say, Keith, look, you know, if we're going to do this, we're going to have to be face to face. Put us in this cave and you say, we got to do 31 episodes in two weeks. And we prepared for it. But something like this comes up, Nehemia, yeah. and, it, and it, you can't prepare for it yeah. because it's so real. Uh, I want to challenge people to go through these verses at, and because we're going to get to a really important thing. I'm going to say that's controversial to go through these verses and ask, is Jephthah's got the history right? Here's this guy who's who's been, who's sending his his, his ambassadors, mm-hmm. and, and you know sometimes uh, the, the the ambassadors get it wrong. Mm-hmm. They get the history wrong. In fact, wasn't it just a couple days ago? The one of the guys over in uh, over in uh, they were talking about um, uh, Netanyahu. You were saying that they had tried to wipe out the the Jews, and he said, "No, we actually saved the Jews." Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Persian foreign minister or whatever. Yeah. He was. He was uh, Claiming that, oh, we Persians saved the Jews three times? Yeah, and Wait so... Wait a minute. No, the, no, that's not the story. You that's not the story. Us. So the history gets messed up. And again, yeah. I want people to challenge people on, on Jephthah's history. Um, Nehemiah says he can read this and immediately you can't think anything else. But often right. for people who aren't over here in Israel, you know, they'd be like, oh, well, that's ancient history. It really is important. But I would challenge, I wish we had more leaders that would do what Jephthah did. Yeah. He did something so, so cool he says, in can, the, can we read verses 23 to 24 before you go ahead? Go, go, go. ahead. Yeah, 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 go ahead. It says that now Yehovah, the God of Israel, has given an inheritance the Amorites before the uh, his people Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and shall you inherit it from mm-hmm. us? You're going to, Yehovah has given this to us, you're going to go inherit it. And he says, mm-hmm. uh, verse 24, Is it not true that that way, or is it not that which Kemosh, uh, your God, uh, gave you to inherit, you will inherit. And all that Yehovah, our God, has given to inherit before us, shall we not inherit? And, and really, this is, uh, can, can I say, this is a shocking theological statement. Mm. First of all, he's mentioning the name Kemosh. I know we've got some word police out there mm. who they take the verse in Exodus where it says the names of other gods shouldn't be heard upon your lips, which I think is talking about praying to those gods. And they mm. say, oh, no, we can't say the name Thursday because Thursday references the god Thor. And we can't say the name Monday because Monday is turned into a god, which is true, by the way. My um, ears are plugged listening to you. Now. We I mean, can't you're, say you're, you're the desecrating name the Torah right Saturday now. because that's the god Saturn. And, and the, I call these people the word police. Okay. And, and to the point where, like, I can't speak English to you anymore. <laughs> I could talk to you in Hebrew and say, Yom <laughs> Hamishi. <laughs> 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 um, but if you're going to talk English, talk English. Yeah. And here's the amazing thing. He's speaking to the pagan and he's got no problem saying Kamosh. And really, for me, the lesson here is speak to a pagan in his pagan terms. Um, you know, if, if you're trying to communicate with the pagans, don't play word games and say, um, the sovereign uh, great one, instead of, you know, where it says in Hebrew, you know, uh, Lord God. Oh, no, we can't say the word Lord because Lord was a pagan deity mm-hmm. at some point in the past. And God was the Gotha of the, of the Germans. Really, guys? Come on, if you're going to speak English, speak English. And if also, if you're speaking to a pagan, speak to him in his pagan terms. Mm-hmm. Um script you know to me that's what what i learned from this passage that you know he could have been the word police and he could have said um you know and and also there's an expression here of empathy he's saying look you know uh put yourself in my shoes my god gave this to me if your god gave you something wouldn't you you know and and he could he could have said oh no your god's not real and you've got you know we've got nothing to even talk about instead he's trying to find common ground and um, communicate even with a pagan. You know what's funny? I do think about I think of Jephthah's background, and I mean, like he, he'd be like, "Look, do you think at this point I care about somebody dealing with the word police? I'm out here. I'm dealing with the nuts and bolts. I'm about to get into a battle here. I'm just letting this guy know ahead of time this is the deal. I mean, it's like it's like the guy that cusses. And we have big discussions about this. You know, I bet I bet you Jephthah's the kind of guy that would cuss. You think he would? cuss? I think he'd probably cuss. Uh-oh. He was around worthless people. He was around these people. I think he's one of these rough and tumble, you know, guys who, uh, you know, and you know, and, you know, he'd so probably ride a Hardy. He'd probably ride a Harley. 
And by the way, can I tell some folks what happened? With this is Harley. so crazy. So we're uh, on the bus yesterday. <laughs> did I talk about this I think already? You did. No, I don't. Authentic. I think. But you can tell. You told my mother the story. I told your mother I don't the know story. If you told people. No, yeah. I mean, all of a sudden. No, I think I did. Anyway, the point was, this guy gets on the bus and he says, "Why are you guys on the bus instead of a Harley? Because we can't afford the Harley. It wasn't really ours. We borrowed it." <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Anyways. One last point here. He says, verse twenty-six. He says, "Look, it's been three hundred years. Well, how, how could we didn't come and try to reclaim this territory in the last three hundred years?" And um, that's actually the first time we have any indication of the chronology. Mm. In other words, you, you, you know, one of the things we talked about last week in last week's episode is that there was this figure, Bidan, who was um, mm. one of the judges that we don't hear about in the book of Judges. And what that tells us is we don't know everything that happened in the period of the judges. Mm. And because of that, we cannot reconstruct a clear history uh, in our modern terms of, you know, yeah. between, uh, you know, uh, 1222 BC and uh, uh, 1151, we can't do that. We don't have that much information. Mm-hmm. Here, for the first time, we're finding out there's been 300 years from the time of Jephthah, until, from the time they entered the land until the time of Jephthah. Mm-hmm. And the next time we're going to get a chronological indication, a clear chronological indication, is going to be when Solomon finishes the temple, which is in, uh, what is it, 480 yep. some years mm-hmm. after the Israelites came out of Egypt. So that means for the time of Jephthah, and remember, so it's 40 years they were in the desert. So, so it's 440 years. So it's approximately 140 years from the time of Jephthah until the time of Solomon. Wow. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. Well, um, the, verse 27 is where I, I yeah. said I wish that we had more uh, leaders. In fact, I wish, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. Do you think Netanyahu listens to Prophet Pearls? I, I'm a, I'm sure he does. <laughs> I have no Maybe idea. not him. You know, we don't know who's going to be the actual prime minister. The voting comes on uh, yeah. after we're done with this show. Uh, we will have taped the show, and by the time that this shows on, it'll either be a new prime minister or the old prime minister. But you know, I, I got to tell you something. This verse Nehemiah in um, in uh, 27 is really, 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 really strong to me because what he says is, "I there have not have there." In other words, enough history now. Enough yeah. history. Who's who? When did it happen? Who did what? He says, I therefore have not sinned against you, but you're doing me wrong by making war against me. Referring back to the fact that Ammon is coming against Israel. And he says, may Yehovah the judge judge today. He's calling upon. May Yehovah the judge judge today between the sons of Israel and the sons of Ammon. It, it, when it really comes down to it, when it really comes down to it, who's the one that's got to be the judge? I call him to be the one to judge on whose land is which and who's mm-hmm. been given where and which borders are which borders. You know, when does when does Israel? I mean, look, this is not an easy thing. We're sitting yesterday, Nehemiah, in the middle of a, 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 a place where there's been a terrorist attack. It is difficult. I talk to people all the time here. And, you know, they say we've got to live and we've got to continue to live. But there's nothing easy about being here. And there's some people that would say, let's try to find some false peace. Maybe if we just give some more land, maybe if we just give, maybe if we sit and spend more time trying to figure out what they're really meaning, what they're really thinking. And your other brother-in-law, David said something to me. He said, you know, sometimes these people have this thought that's like, you know, that the enemies of Israel are like bad kids in school. You know, you just, you know, you can't ever call them bad. You just got to sit down with them and you got to pat them on the head and you got to spend more time with them and they're going to throw stuff against the wall, but you got to be patient. And David said, you know what? That's not who we're dealing with. These people want to wipe us out. This is not a These sit guys down and cutting never, off heads. It's and not a counseling session. And- <laughs> it's not a counseling session. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and, and honestly, I just have to say being here, it really brings it to the forefront that what Jephthah ultimately is going to have to do, he's going to have to fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. I want to talk about this phrase in, ver- chap- in verse 27. It says, yes. So first of all, that's amazing. He's saying, Yehovah the judge uh, will judge today between the children of Israel and between the children of uh, the sons of uh, and the children of Ammon. And, and um, it's interesting because we're in the book of Judges and Jephthah is the judge. Mm-hmm. But, he re- but he acknowledges there's a judge above him. Amen. That, that's a very, it, it's a very specific and, and intentional phraseology he mm-hmm. uses. But also this phrase, Yehovah is going to judge between two people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have this a number of times in the Tanakh. For example, in Genesis chapter 16, verse 5, and uh, Sarai said to Abram, you know, this is before she's Sarah and before he's mm-hmm. Abraham, Sarai said to, Sarai said to Avraham, Avram, uh, she says, my injustice is upon you. My Hamas is upon you. Mm. Um, I gave my, uh, um, my maidservant uh, in your bosom uh, and you saw that she gave birth and I was uh, disgraced in her eyes. And she says, mm. may Yehovah judge between me and you. 
then again, we have this in 1 Samuel chapter 24, verses 13 to 16, where David is saying to Saul, Yishpot Yehovah be'ni uvenecha, may Yehovah judge between me and you. And, and I'll skip ahead. People go do your homework and read yes, the rest of this. Yes, yes. 1 Samuel 24, 13 to 16. In the end, he says, Vahaya Yehovah l'dayan v'shafat be'ni uvenecha, may Yehovah be a judge, another word for judge, dayan, mm. uh, and judge between me and you. It's, it's, mm. it's a beautiful phrase. I absolutely love that phrase. And sometimes I, I, I'll, I'll be vexed. I'll be honest with you. I'll be in a situation where I, I, I want to lash out and scream at someone and 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 and, and you know respond mm-hmm. with with mm-hmm. with great you know intensity mm-hmm. and instead I'll, I'll take a, take a deep breath and I'll say may Jehovah judge between me and that person Jehovah mm. is the judge of all the earth I don't need to deal with this I'm putting this into His hands Wow Amen May it be uh, So this so this phrase that appears a number of times in the Tanakh this is uh, this is really important to me I love mm-hmm. this it really mm-hmm. is an important thing for me Amen. Well, may he be the one that judges. Um, I do think that tw- oh, twenty-eight uh, is is a, a picture from a little bit earlier, and I can tell yeah. you why. Yeah. It says, but the king of the sons of Ammon disregarded in English, disregarded the message. It says oh. they did not hear. Did not hear lo shama. Yeah, and and what did what did he what did Jephthah ask for Yehovah to be? He said, you know, Yehovah yehiye. He to will listen, be. To listen. No, he's talking about yeah, to hear. Yeah, he'll to hear, be the one who hears. Who hears. And then and it says here, and they said no. And I, I have to just bring this to present time again. Because ultimately, you know, Jephthah can tell them all the truth in the world. Ultimately, the prime minister can stand in front of Congress. He can stand in front of the UN. He can stand in front of the world and tell them, hey, this is an ancient land that we, you know, he gave, a, he gave, a, 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 Netanyahu. A, Netanyahu gave uh, Obama actually uh, an, an authentic um, uh, scroll of Esther. Did he? Yeah, two years ago. And he was kind of like giving it to him and saying, like, read this. <laughs> you know, in other words, you might want to understand before you're, you're talking about that. But, you know, you can do that as much as you want. You can, you, can, you can send that message. You can, you know, in the end, the people that are listening have to decide if they're going to listen. And you know what Ammon said? You know what? You can give us all the history you want. You can tell us about calling Yehovah to be judge. You know what? We disregard it. We're not going to listen. And I think that ultimately that's what's happening. All this diplomacy... <laughs> I, like I just got, this, I got a pet peeve. I'm just gonna say this pet peeve. ISIS goes and does this thing. Which thing? They go to they go to a, a village and they grab the people and they and they behead them. And then the UN says, "We just want to let ISIS know we condemn that action." <laughs> what neighborhood no, do you live no, in? No, no, no. Listen, it, no, no, no. They, they, they send the message. Such and such happened. We condemn the action of. What are you wasting your breath about? You know, what's the conversation? We condemn the action. This diplomacy, this this false diplomacy, where here's the truth and here's this. Well, don't come and speak to Congress. Speak to Congress. In the end, they're either going to listen or they're not. In the end, what's going to have to happen? The Spirit of Yehovah says in 11 verse 29. Now, the Spirit of Yehovah said enough is enough. The Spirit of Yehovah came upon Jephthah and what... and. and I love this verse. I'm sorry. I've got I've, I got a little excited there. 1129. Um, so it says, and now the spirit of Yehovah, the Ruach Yehovah, it says, came upon Jephthah. And, and, so, and so what happens when How the spirit... How do you pronounce that name? You're you, pronouncing you, it funny. No, I'm reading it the way it is in English. Why don't you give it to us in the... Uh, no, how do you read it in English? Jephthah. Jephthah. <laughs> Jephthah. Well, I'm partially Jephthah. a little sick, too. Is that so Lithbia? Are you Lithbia? No, no, no. Jephthah. I mean, I mean is there a thud no, it's not the Jephthah. No, Jephthah. I'm sorry. Right. And in I'm Hebrew, sorry. it's Yiftach. Yeah, no, it's really funny. Is, uh, is, uh, I'm speaking uh, English. English. <laughs> Yiftach. <laughs> no, I'm actually speaking uh, Keith's language uh, with a little bit of Namibian. Uh, uh, yeah, who knows? <laughs> Uh, but, but no, you can't Shanghai take this knees. away. We're very excited about this. It says the spirit of Yehovah came upon him. Yeah. Ruach so that what? Go on. So that what? Give it to us. In, you know, get, in, it says and the spirit of Yehovah was upon him and he passed uh, uh, through Gilad and Menasha and he passed uh, and he passed uh, through Mitzvah, uh, Gilad and from Mitzvah, Gilad, uh, which is a different Mitzvah than the other story. Um, he passed to the children of Ammon and yeah, and here's the point. Yeah. So now, when the spirit of Yehovah comes upon him, he's supposed to have peace and say, "You know what? Now that the spirit of Yehovah is upon me, I will have more diplomacy and we'll have more yeah, peace and and we'll have more conversations." No, enough is enough. The spirit of Yehovah comes upon him and he's on his way to fight. Yeah. Then something happens that mm-hmm. I say is a game changer for the entire story. Mm. It's the entire story that your people, your, your, as you talk about my people, your people picked this section and they wanted to connect it to, with, with oaths. Now we get to the oath and it's a problem. Yeah. 
You, you want to lean into it, or do you want to you want to run, run make it his homework? What do you, what's your thought here? I mean, let's just present it. So he makes his it's it, and people know the story, right? No, they, they don't, don't know the story. Okay. Tell them what. And Yiftach made a vow, vowed a vow to Yehovah, and he said. If you will surely give the children of Ammon into my hand, it shall come to pass that he that comes out um, from the doors of my house towards me when I return in peace from the children of Ammon, uh, and it shall be to Yehovah, and I will offer him up as a sacrifice, as a whole burnt offering. Now, can I read this two verses in English just sure. so everyone's really different? very clear? Yeah. Jephthah made a vow to Yehovah and said, if you will indeed give the sons of Ammon into my hand, then it shall be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the sons of Ammon, it shall be Yehovah's. And then he goes on to say, what does it mean it shall be Yehovah's? And I will offer it up as a burnt offering. Mm. Yeah. This is a problem. Yeah. So how do you, you know, maybe there's some secret, uh, maybe there's some 13th century commentator. Maybe you're going to come up with some, no, you're going to come up with some, you're going to come with some. There are excuses, but the bottom line is it sounds like he sacrificed his daughter. Wait, we didn't get to that yet because they cut that section out. Well, I mean, we're jumping ahead to the end. No, let's talk about just here. No, no, let's not. No, that's not in the section. (laughs) I want to talk here about him making the vow. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so let's just be biblical for a second. How big of a deal is it that he made a vow? And this is the point. A vow is binding. If you make a vow, it's binding. And, and, and here it was even more binding in his eyes, in his from his perception, because he made uh, he, he made this deal with God. He said, "Look, here's what I'll do if you if you give me victory." And then God gave him victory. And the fear was, okay, if I don't do this, the victory can be very easily reversed. You know, I may have won a battle, but that doesn't mean I won the war. And so he feels bound to keep this vow. And if it's made in the name of Yehovah, and we have in the Ten Commandments, it says, Lo tisat shem Yehovah You shall not lift up the name of Yehovah, your God, falsely uh, or in vain. And, and what that was understood to mean, and, and based on the language, history, and context, is don't make a false oath or a false vow. And so if, if he, uh, and it says, For Yehovah will not make clean or innocent he who takes up his name uh, in vain. And so basically, if he doesn't sacrifice his daughter, that's an unforgivable sin because he made this vow. And the point is, look, be careful what you vow, because you could end up making a vow that will cause a lot of damage. Um, And he obviously thought it would be a sheep or a goat that came out. But what if it was a dog? He'd be sacrificing a dog? Yeah. What, what do you mean he obviously thought it would be a sheep he or a dog? Planning on, was, he wasn't you, planning on sacrificing you think, his daughter? Uh, you, what, what do you mean you think that he thought it was going to be a, a dog or a sheep that came no, out? not a dog, a sheep or a goat. I mean, the guy That's going to come out of his house to greet him. Yeah. Mm, okay. I think that um, when I read this this passage, my heart breaks. Yeah. It, um, and my, 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 I begin to shake. Um, when I read the rest of the story, and, and, and folks, I really do really want you to read the rest of the story because it's, it's a heartbreaking story. So his daughter comes out and and meets him, and uh, and and so because he's made this vow to Yehovah, which Yehovah did not require, mm-hmm. Yehovah did not ask him to do it. It right. wasn't in Yehovah's mind for him to make that vow, mm-hmm. but he got caught up. And yeah. as he got caught up in the moment, he got to talking beyond what he was. Who knows whether he intended or didn't intend? In the end, he makes a he makes a re, a rash vow. He makes right. a vow. That that is that is life changing to the, to his entire household. And you know what? I got to say something. There are people that are listening who've actually seen people do this kind of thing, not mm-hmm. like this as it pertains to their daughter. But I hear about people that get caught up in their religious zeal, mm-hmm. where they say and do things that Yehovah did not require, did not ask of, that was not in His mind. But because they get so caught up and so wrapped up in whatever, pretty soon, and now the Lord said to me that I need to do blah, blah, blah. And you look at it and you say, where does that, where is that in scripture? What happened here? And this is the downside mm-hmm. of Jephthah. This is the part of him that maybe because he is out there, out there in the difficulty of life or whatever, he, he who knows what is in his mind. All we know is he makes this vow and as a result of making this vow, the first thing, the it, that it's not a dog, it's not a sheep, it's not it's his daughter who comes out and and she even accepts it. She says, you know, whatever you vowed, I, you know, I, I expect that you're gonna. You, you, 
I think I think that Jephthah is coming while he was away from Israel, while he was out doing whatever. I think he's out there amongst a bunch of pagan things, and that's why he does know about Shemosh, and that's why he does know about these things. And it's my opinion, and yeah. it's only my opinion, that Jephthah is mixing some of what's going on, and this is the, the fruit of the mixing. The fruit of the mixing is, is he maybe in his mind is like those people who's got a little bit of that paganism in him mm. that thinks that somehow that by giving his daughter to, to you know, offering his daughter up, it can, comes, you know, I'm just, I'm done with this. this, this people read the rest of the story. You read the rest of the story, it makes wrong. me sick. Um, I want to read Deuteronomy 23, verses 22 to 24. When you make a vow to Jehovah your God, do not put off fulfilling it. For Jehovah your God will require it of you, and you will have incurred guilt, whereas, uh, whereas you incur no guilt if you refrain from vowing. Mm-hmm. You must fulfill what has crossed your lips and perform what you have yep. voluntarily vowed to Jehovah your God, having made the promise with your own mouth. So mm-hmm. be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. Uh, but if you say it, you've got to stand, you know, stand mm-hmm. by it. And, and it's a question to this day. Should he have slaughtered, sacrificed his daughter? And, and even did he sacrifice his daughter? Meaning, you you talk about the medieval Jewish commentaries. What they'll come along and do is come up with every excuse in the world how he didn't actually sacrifice his daughter. That he fulfilled his vow in some other way. No, he did do, um, he, he did do it. I believe he did it. I, I understand you believe that. And, yeah. you, and I think you're right. But the point is, they come up with all kinds of excuses to say, well, he didn't really do it. He fulfilled his vow without killing her. He did something in her place. You know, I don't know. It's a difficult story. And I think the point of the story is be careful what you say. And it reminds me of the passage in, um, I think it's in Ecclesiastes, where it talks about, you know, uh, uh, you know, talk basically be really careful what you say before Jehovah. Don't, you know, um, here it's Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 3 to 4, um, which is, you know, obviously echoing what we just read. And it says there, um, when you make a vow to God, do not delay to fulfill it, for he has no pleasure in fools. What you vow fulfill, it is better not to vow at all than to vow and not fulfill. Well, I want to I want our friends to read thirty four, thirty five, thirty six, and thirty seven, and uh, and Just tell us what you chapter. think. Yeah. tell us what you Post think. Post your comments at achemiswall.com, bnfairinternational.com. Yeah, and in the end, you'll you'll you know, I mean, if you read read the story, it's a, it's heartbreaking. So it is a heartbreaking. Story. I don't think you know what it reminds me of. I hate to say this, but um, you know, we've got there's a fable about uh, this you know mythical king Midas and who wants gold and whatever he touches and he touches his daughter and she turns to gold and it's I, I, almost to the point where I'm I'm quite confident that the Greeks took that story from the Bible and twisted it in their own way. Uh, and there are actually a bunch of stories that you find in like Aesop's fables that are actually taken from the Bible. Um, and I think that's probably another story. They, they they ripped it off from the Bible and recast it into the Greek. I can't uh, wait till culture. I hear about that special in, in, in uh, Torah Streams of Conscience. You bring that's about the taking stories from the Bible. That's really a phenomenal thought that you're saying that there were there were there were examples, other examples like that. That would be a really phenomenal study. Well, to hear and just just are. just quickly about Aesop's fables. So, if you translate Aesop back into Hebrew, it's Asaf, who mm-hmm. is the name of one of the Le- Levitical families who are sages. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Well, um, I don't know whose turn it is to pray. I'm vexed. I think I'd like. I to think you pray. must pray because you're so vexed. I am you vexed. Need to, you need to work I out am that vexed. Vexation. And, uh, and folks, it really and listen. I mean, I've got three sons. It says here that Jephthah had no other daughter, no other son. It was only. His only daughter, and uh, and she comes out, and he tells her, you know, listen, I made this vow, and she says, you got to keep your word. I mean, I, ah, uh, this is just. Ugh. Anyway, is there anything you'd like to say before we end? That's it. Okay, Father, thank you for your word and the examples, the good examples and the bad examples, the ones that um, that we should follow and the ones that we must never follow. And uh, I just thank you for this this passage. Um, just just the just the opportunity to interact with the ancient scripture and and to see how it you know really can be brought uh, to our present time and and can be applied in our present time and uh, i pray that the people that are listening would be uh, would be diligent to seek the word and and to seek your your will and to be open to your spirit to also come upon them that they would understand and have discernment uh, lead us and guide us in truth and in the end we'll thank you give you all the praise glory and honor in your holy name Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit NehemiahsWall.com and BFAInternational.com.